Welcome to the regular podcast from Editorial Intelligence, the media analysis and networking business. You can see all our broadcast interviews on our EITV channel on YouTube and editorialintelligence.com. Our next speaker is uh, Niall Murphy, who is the co-founder of Everything.net. He is here. He reminds me that I'd met him previously when he ran an organization called The Cloud. I remember it very well indeed. So, Niall, come and tell us a bit more. It's a very unusual audience for me. I usually find myself talking to either geeks or bankers, and I guess this is neither, right? Um, So uh, I decided to wear my geek uniform for the day. Um, And uh, when there was a comment earlier about what's an API, I figured I'd better recalibrate my talk. Um, So forgive me if this gets a little bit geeky. Um, I guess I'd I'd describe myself as somebody who practices a belief in connectivism um, or connectism, um, and fundamentally is driven by... um, uh, I think a fairly well uh, understood economic phenomenon now of the power of connectedness. Essentially, uh, one plus one equals three in the networked environment. And increasingly, um, as we've seen this through the web, the environment that we're now moving into is a data-centric environment, an environment where tremendous amount of data is becoming available on the, on the Internet as a, as, a, as, a, as a result of connectivity. Um, and, and the opportunity in the Web 3.0 environment is how that connectedness uh, leads, to, leads to value creation. So the, the mobile Internet, this is a, a, a network diagram, the City of London uh, Wi-Fi <coughs> network that we built at the cloud. Um, uh, the, the mobile Internet has introduced uh, a, a concept of pervasiveness, a concept of, in, of the Internet everywhere, um, the idea that, uh, that we can expect the Internet everywhere. And it's, it's joined up the concept of, of mobility, connectivity, and, and physicality. And what we've seen starting to emerge uh, following that is, uh, is really the merging of the physical uh, and the virtual environment. So context um, and experience comes together. Emergence of services like Foursquare and so on links uh, a digital experience environment, a, a digital context, to a physical context. And uh, increasingly, that's, you know, that's obviously driven, made extremely possible by, by mobile devices and the experience delivered through mobile devices, which, by the way, uh, today is the dominant form of mobile Internet access in the world. Um, that, 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 that environment is, is, uh, is, is, is essentially um, about mashing up, about merging. Tim Berners-Lee's Semantic Web Project is all about extracting meaning from the context of, of information within, within the web. Um, and what interests me the most is, is, is now the emergence of, of non-human connected things, objects becoming data sources or becoming manifested within the Internet. Um, so, you know, we're seeing electricity meters, we're seeing cars, we're seeing objects that you buy in the shop start to become connected or at least uh, establish an identity, a presence uh, within the Internet. And it's generally referred to as the Internet of Things or or it might be referred to as the Internet of Everything, um, which, is, which is really the, the presence within the, within the web um, of everything physical, or, or thought of another way, um, the, the, uh, the, the augmentation of everything physical with the presence within, within the web. The drivers of this are fairly fundamental. The, the cost uh, of connectivity for, for objects has been plummeting rapidly, uh, during the course of the next couple of years, numbers vary as they always do by, by, uh, by analysts and forecasters on this. 
um, the number of permanently connected non-human objects in the world is expected to approach between half a billion and a billion objects, um, you know, mostly made up of cars, traffic lights, things like that. If you add to that uh, the, uh, the, the tagged objects that you'll buy every day in the supermarket um, or, uh, or um, the, the ticket that you pick up when you go to a sports ground and so forth, we very, very rapidly move into billions of connected objects most of them today passive but increasingly active, broadcasting continuously, little streams of data out into the web. And that's the Wild West. That's the, the new environment of, of huge amounts of data from connected things becoming available, becoming exploitable, becoming a, an opportunity to create, to create experiences. This isn't science fiction. Uh, microchip technology is now you know, out there and empowered with embedded software to the point whereby we have literally there's an organization called Dust Networks that makes exactly that, microchip-sized sensors, dust-sized sensors that can be sprinkled within an environment, self-organize within a network and stream data back into the web. Um, sounds crazy, but it's true. Um, you know, uh, concrete examples, Ford has a line of trucks uh, which have a, a scanning mechanism for the tools that get loaded into the vehicle. So when a, when a vehicle's going out to do a job, the worker is notified by the vehicle whether he's got the right tools or the wrong tools on board to, to, to conduct the job. And when he comes back, or before he comes back uh, from, from undertaking the job, the vehicle will tell him whether he's left anything behind, um, which uh, is, is all becomes possible because of a, a micronet of, of, uh, of communication between the objects uh, and, uh, and, and the broader environment and the person. I think a well-understood phenomenon is the, is the connectivity the, of, uh, of meters. So um, what's, what's most interesting about this, though, is obviously there's a great deal of value in, to the utility uh, in, 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 in uh, collecting data in an automated fashion rather than sending somebody around to read your gas meter manually. Um, but the most exciting value comes from the influence that, uh, that having these things networked has on the consumer. So an experiment in Oklahoma City involving 6,000 apartments has a direct feedback loop from the consumer telling them how much electricity they, they, they're, they're making use of in real time. And that has a very uh, direct impact on self-modulation, self-regulation by, by the consumer of the, of, of the devices that they, that they are using. This doesn't have to be formalized in the objects themselves being connected. So in California, an experiment's been done involving Nokia, actually, with an applet running on mobile devices, um, distributed out virally to people. Um, if you've got any statistical knowledge, you'll know it doesn't take a huge number of people to have uh, a phone in their pockets um, with, with GPS data streaming out uh, where they are, how they're moving. That very rapidly produces very meaningful traffic data, uh, which can then be used to directly uh, affect uh, formal traffic management systems and informal traffic management systems, which is called human beings listening to the radio or getting an instruction from, the, from, from their phone that it's kind of clogged up down, down the road. So, so this environment of, of, of connected things is both about a structured, pre-planned context and an unstructured, uh, human-created uh, uh, context in terms of, of, of the application of, of this data. The driver comes down to, to, to the declining cost of, of creating online presence for, 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 for any object. Uh, a printed tag these days costs uh, a couple of cents, and that's, that's rapidly moving uh, towards zero. But what's also key is that the, 
the cost of online storage, the cost of online computation is also rapidly declining. So the tipping point is where the cost of, of maintaining and operating a digital presence uh, for, for any one object is pretty close to zero. Um, and that has the opportunity of, of creating a, a, an active environment. An object doesn't have to be connected to become interactable. Uh, it's got a digital presence to, to, to allow it to interact. And we can therefore augment physical objects with all sorts of digital uh, services built around their, their digital presence. I can look at a, a statue and I can, I can access a tremendous amount of information, resources, and services. They've got nothing to do with the physical instantiation of the statue. They've got to do with, uh, with, with its, its digital identity that exists within, within the web. And, and, and that's, the, that's where, where, the, where the power rises. What we've learned a huge amount about exploiting, I talked about connectedness earlier, but exploiting uh, the, the unexpected value from APIs. APIs are mechanisms of, of publishing data onto the web um, mashing up is the act of, of really uh, accumulating data from all sorts of different APIs and building some sort of, of structure out of, out of the top of it. And that's, that's uh, um, where uh, application value service creation is increasingly taking place. There's a whole new network of, of data on top of the physical networks of, of our, uh, um, uh, you know, as, as we think of our telecommunications environment as physical networks, there's a new environment of virtual networking of data from all these APIs, which is uh, um, the driver of value. Uh, the scary part about it is how much volume of data there is. And uh, the, the paradoxical situation is that uh, generally it's, it's, it's almost axiomatic that those that are producing the most data are the least equipped to exploit it. Uh, and there are numerous examples of, of situations where uh, um, a utility, for example, will, will, will be able to put data out into the, into the public sphere and have uh, a lot more value created by third-party application developers than they'd necessarily create themselves. The, 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 the sticking point that we have today is the regulatory control, the regulatory management of how that data is exploited remains in uncertain space. Uh, the standardization of APIs and so on remains in uncertain space, and um, um, that remains to be resolved. What, what, what we're doing with everything, and everything is a, a relatively early stage uh, uh, project, is we're interested in, in the infrastructure that's required within the Internet to, to facilitate all these different types of, of objects just to share their information. Um, it's all very well, you know, everybody kind of uh, shouting, standing in a stadium and shouting at the same time. There has to be some sort of common lingua franca to, to facilitate uh, uh, um, applications to be built. So we've got a massively heterogeneous environment of huge numbers of objects, whether it's a, you know, an ob a, a, a product sitting in a store, whether it's a meter that's being uh, sitting in a home, whether it's a traffic light that's trying to, trying to measure traffic uh, on, a, on a high street or a car, all these different types of objects connected to many, many different networks, whether it be 3G networks, Wi-Fi networks, what have you. Um, and application providers typically want to exploit maybe 20, 30, 40 different data sources at a particular point in time to be able to create the experience that, uh, that, they, that, the, that they want to provide to the end user. So, so the big question that remains unanswered out, out in, the, in, in the market today is, is how the networking of that data takes place. How do you find an object um, on, on, on the web? Um, 
uh, if, you, if you're trying to create an experience. And, and it's, it's attacking that problem uh, that, that, uh, that, that this particular venture that I'm driving is trying to, trying to pursue. So effectively creating a Facebook uh, for things as opposed to a Facebook for, for human beings, but with very much the same uh, um, narrative, the, the concept of identity, the concept of, of, a, of a stream of, of activity associated with an object. So organizations want to, uh, that, that are custodians of data perhaps, or objects themselves need to find a way to, to share that, that object information on the web. Um, <coughs> objects need to, to have a managed identity. Uh, so what we, what we want to end up with, um, this is broader standards efforts in this environment, is to create an ability for a unique online identity to exist for every single object in the world. So you can literally type a URL in for this table and find out something about this table. Um, and developers need tool sets, APIs, and, and a, a mechanism, a trustable mechanism uh, of interacting with objects so they can write code, they can write applications. So that's what everything does. It's about code. It's about the, 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 the mechanism of, of, of interaction, the APIs for, for, for facilitating either the publishing of information um, or the accessing of information. Uh, from and about, about objects, and it's about creating the connectivity, that, that resolving that massively heterogeneous problem that I was describing a few moments ago. How does this actually work today? Um, always watch the hackers. As, as an entrepreneur, uh, what I've learned is that you, you, you track what the, what the guys that you can't understand are trying to do, um, and this is the sharp edge of it at the moment. These are called Arduinos, which are a little circuit boards. They're, they're basically... Um, tiny computers that get attached to something, right? They might get attached to uh, a plant, as you've got up there. That particular one is measuring the, uh, the humidity in the room and the, the various uh, attributes of, of, of the plant. Um, might be attached to a, a bicycle um, or any, any sort of object. But basically, it's, it's a computational addition to a, to, to a physical object. And what developers or hackers utilizing this kind of technology are doing today is just finding a way to put that object that they've plugged that Arduino into onto the web so that other people can access it, right? Um, and uh, um, shrink that down to that dust side microchip, multiply that by a couple of billion manufactured things, and you get an idea of the kind of, uh, the kind of opportunity that can, can start to be exploited. In more um, pragmatic terms, perhaps, um, we've got a, a huge uh, growth in location-based applications. So this is an example of a particular application being driven today utilizing this, this kind of platform, which is, which is called WorkSnug. But it's a location-based service. The objects that we're interested in are two things, in fact. They're the locations at which people want to go and work, um, and they're the human beings that are, that, that are, that are, that are working in those environments. But the, 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 the crucial thing is that static data, data about you know, the fact that there is a cafe downstairs, is not, not that interesting. What you want to know is whether it's noisy or not noisy down there right now because you want to go and make a phone call, uh, or whether it's busy or not busy right now because you, you, know, you, you want to sit back and relax or what have you. So the real-time availability of that data is crucial. And what this uh, application is doing that's, that's really interesting is that it's utilizing software on the mobile phone device to both take noise sample information uh, ambiently by, by the end user, feed that back into the network, um, so that kind of radical distributed sensor, human sensors if you like, 
um, and it's capturing formal information from the, from, from the end user uh, in the form of what they think about a particular space, whether the coffee today is crummy or what have you. But it's, 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 all that information is flowing back into the net and being shared with other users uh, to, to, to create more value. Um, a, a distributed network of, of, of information flowing from objects. Where's all this going? We're getting to uh, a situation where any physical object um, can have this identity created against it. What's the point of doing that? So let's make this a concrete example. So I'm just buying a bike. Um, and uh, um, if the manufacturer of this bike um, produces for me a digital identity with the bike as I buy the bike, um, what, what I... What I'll get with that is you know, I'll never lose the warranty, for example. I'll, I'll be able to have a persistence to the kind of things that we typically use, uh, lose when we, when, we, when we operate in the physical environment. But what I can also do is that I can very rapidly connect to all the online services, all the online communities, all the experiences that might be associated with other people who have this kind of bike or have opinions about this kind of bike and so on. If I want to go about selling the bike, I don't need... To, uh, to place an ad on eBay because there's already a digital profile for, 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 for the buy created for me that's sitting on, sitting on the web. So I just simply need to enable that to be available to a search, for example, so they can be found by a potential acquirer. In fact, I wouldn't even have to decide that I want to sell it. Perhaps I can, I can enable on my Facebook profile, hey, I own this bike, make me an offer. Um, and, uh, and any uh, sensor information that's flowing from the bike can be added to that, that digital identity. I think it was like a mileage book for a, for, 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 for a car um, throughout the life cycle of, of the product. Um, massively powerful for the insurance industry, massively powerful if I want to resell the bike and I can't remember when I bought it. Um, all sorts of different types of experience become possible by augmenting the thing. What does it cost for the bike itself to do that? Uh, next to nothing. The, the, uh, the, if, if there's any sensor technology attached to the bike itself, it's going to be a matter of sense. Um, and the, the, the digital presence costs a matter of micro sense to, to, to exist for, for, for the product. So trying to make some of this geek stuff understandable to you, that's what, that's what, uh, that's what everything is about. And uh, this is a, a technology which uh, has been in, in uh, development for the last, uh, the last sort of nine months or so. Has just gone into a beta program, a real beta program, as opposed to a marketing exercise, which is called a beta program. So we have, we have, uh, we have, uh, you know, developers and Arduino people and and, and so on uh, working on this particular platform at the moment. There is nothing visual about it. It's entirely code. It's an it's an API set that exists uh, within the internet. And what's what's really in, interesting, and I think, is in the theme of this event. As an entrepreneur these days, the, the cost of, of bringing online these kinds of infrastructure is incredibly low. Um, one can reach out uh, into, into the web, in this particular case, using Amazon uh, EC2 and the S3 storage environments, and for a few hundred bucks, you know, slightly, slight exaggeration, a few thousand bucks, um, one's able to create a super resilient, highly available infrastructure with all the five nine stuff that that uh, that you need to have to provide an industrial scale application, and that's really really empowering. Um, it also increases the level of competition massively because clearly lots of people can can uh, can can access that level that that level of infrastructure very very rapidly. But it's hugely exciting, and if one's going to be competitive. Uh, um, as, as a digital environment. I think the availability of those kind of infrastructures and so on is, is, is a crucial enabler. So that's what everything's about. I think my job was to, to try and give you some insight into emergent trends. Thank you.